Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Six Hats podcast. I'm really excited to have Rachel Painton join us today. She's an experienced personal trainer in the Collingwood area in Melbourne. She offers private sessions in her gym for clients who want to feel great and stay well. And what I love is that she understands the importance of exercise and mental health. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So Rachel, before we get into some areas that we would love to talk about and we had a suggestion that we talk about what your clients struggle with, which is, you know, anxiety, energy, weight, and how exercise can help. But I'd love to know a bit about your personal journey, how you became so passionate about helping clients with exercise. Yeah, of course. So I've been coaching for about three years now, but my training journey, my training practice has been ongoing for about nine years. So that's when I first got into strength training. Before that, my background was in competitive swimming. So I've always had a training practice of some sort. Wow. So you started off as a swimmer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously is a lot of dedication, a lot of hours. It taught me a lot of discipline. So I got a lot out of that practice before I kind of really discovered strength training and resistance training and what that can do for you. Amazing. And that's what we're actually going to go into. So what kind of problems are clients coming to you with? So this is an interesting one because traditionally people think that when they come to the gym, they need to have a specific goal. And I've really moved away from that. I've had people that come and they say like, they feel like they're expected to say, I want to lose 10 kilos or I want to be able to lift X amount of weight. But I can just sense that they don't really truly believe that. And what they're here for is they want to feel better. They want to feel stronger. They want to feel more confident. They want to feel more capable. So we really sort of dig into those things without having to have a specific number that we're trying to hit. It's so interesting you say that because literally that's what I get when patients come to see me. You know, if they're coming to see me for weight loss, they're like, yeah, I need to lose 10 kilos in the next three months. And it's so interesting you say that because when you do go on the journey, they actually have formed other goals and it becomes more of a lifestyle shift. Is that what you're finding? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think when we met last week, I think we were even talking about you saying that you don't give people a calorie count or you don't sort of get them to count calories. And it's that same kind of thing where we're not trying to base everything around numbers because it's more about how they're feeling and getting those internal changes. I love that you say that because numbers can actually be quite not, I wouldn't say traumatic, but it can create a lot of stress. And I see women in so many parts of their life journey where, you know, it could be years and years of yo-yo dieting and years and years of just jumping on the scales. And that number can cause so much grief and stress, especially when they don't see it sort of go down. And I like what you really said about people tend to focus on numbers when actually there's so much more to feeling great than just the scales. So that's awesome, Rachel. I love that you do that. Yeah. And you were talking a little bit about how when we kind of get obsessed with numbers, we sort of get stressed about those numbers and raise our cortisol. And then that's obviously detrimental to actually living in a healthy body as well. Oh, wow. Because recently I've been doing so much more research on the impact of stress and sugar literally related to cortisol. 
So mm-hmm. it does rise when you're in the stress response, but most importantly, we just don't feel it. We might be living with chronic stress for years, and that's something that we've normalized. For example, we've got a busy day, a long to-do list, stressful meeting. Okay, okay. Absolutely, just always on the go. And we don't realize that's actually pumping out cortisol, which is our stress hormone, which means it's pumping out sugar. So I see that a lot in women when they are extremely stressed and they're eating well. To be honest, sometimes they're hardly eating, which we can talk Mm -hmm. about later, but over-exercising and then Mm -hmm. they're still not losing weight. And that's when the body's actually gone into a stress response and it affects women in so many different ways because as I was mentioning, weight is just not about calories in versus out. It's about hormones, hormones telling your body to store fat rather than lose fat. But I'd love Mm -hmm. to know more about your journey when patients, well, I I call them clients, when your clients come in. Yeah. What kind of journey do you take them on? Well, it's interesting you're talking about they're not eating or not eating enough. And I think that that's really where my journey started. So I find that a lot of people that come to me for training have a similar journey and come from a similar background of feeling like they need to be smaller, feeling like they need to weigh less, eat less, do more activity. And then they sort of fall into this high intensity training. And that again is putting more stress on the body. So that's actually detrimental to them building muscle mass and getting stronger and actually being more capable because they're just burning themselves into the ground a little bit. So in terms of what people come to me with, I often get people who will come and they'll say, one of the first things I'll say is like, look, I don't actually like the gym, but I know that I need to get stronger or I want to be able to do something else in my life that I know that I need the strength for. And I had a client who started with me recently, actually, and she just got into running during lockdown. And she then presented with these sort of finer running injuries. So knees not feeling good, hips not feeling good, and just coming into these injuries because she didn't have the strength to go into that. So she had never done any strength training before. So something that I often see, like people will just launch into something without having the strength to do it. So my job really is to help them build that foundation, help them actually build from the ground up and get those primary muscles actually strong so that they can do other things in their life makes so much sense we often actually don't talk about strength training and it's something that i have to remind women to actually do rather than going straight into high intensity cardio absolutely and it's really interesting you say that because a couple of areas where i see patients is you know coming from chronic stress the body's not ready for high intensity cardio because think of cardio as a stress response as well absolutely yeah yeah and i always say to women you know i see women mainly in mid 30s to you know onwards perimenopause postmenopausal and when they're struggling to lose weight I talk about muscle mass because we lose muscle mass from the age of 30 and muscles are so important for just mopping up your sugar absolutely yeah you said that like you were seeing women just lose weight just from strength training yeah yeah so it's the thing we actually build muscle and we actually have muscle mass your body is burning calories or burning energy at rest because you've got that muscle. Wow. So what I'm hearing is so many new concepts. It's coming in to feel better. In order to feel better, your body needs to be in the right condition in order to exercise as well. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. where the beauty of strength training comes in, which actually makes it less confronting because just the picture in my mind is like, if you're thinking of coming to see you thinking, oh, I can't yeah. run on the treadmill. I can't do the cycle, you know, because that's the images you sort of get of being really forced to do all this exercise when actually fact, strength training. Yeah. And I'd love for you to actually describe what's it like to do strength training? It's actually really interesting that you say that because I had someone quite recently who came in and we did an intro session. And I think that people sort of have to really amp themselves up to get there for the first session. Like they've been thinking about it for a long time. They just haven't actually jumped over the line and made the commitment to book in their first session. And when they do, they're really heightened. Like their cortisol is up. Like they're feeling really like, all right, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to like absolutely, you know, go hard. And that's not what the first session is like at all. It's actually the complete opposite. So it's really slowing down, talking about a lot of conversations, talking about where they've come from, what their training history is, what they want to achieve, how they want to feel, and then doing some muscle testing to understand where their weak areas are. And that's not a like high intensity 60 minute, how fast can you run or things that people traditionally expect you to make them do. Which makes it so achievable and so inviting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's kind of hard to convey that, like, because people are so conditioned to think like, oh, the first session is going to be like a beep test or like a 60 second plank or something like that, where it's really requiring a lot from the body and it's not that at all. Wow. So what are you finding when clients come to you? I love how you said we do think about it a lot. There's probably a lot of like inhibitions initially, a lot of resistance. Yeah, absolutely. And so after their first session, do they understand the importance of strength training after that first session? I don't think they understand it after the first session. I think that it takes a while of actually being in the practice and it takes when you first start training, like it's, it's fundamentally repetitive. So we need to do the same exercises over and over again. We need to go through those same movement patterns to really get them stuck in the brain and in the body. So really establish that mind muscle connection. So it's definitely not after the first session that people understand the theory and practice of strength training. It takes several months to really kind of get into that rhythm and start to build it and start to understand it. Awesome. And when you say repetitions, it almost mm. do need that discipline of just turning up and you doing do. it. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Yeah. Discipline's a huge one. And that's where having a coach comes in as well. Like someone to actually keep you accountable, someone to check in, someone to talk about how your body is actually feeling. Amazing. So what are the benefits of strength training? What do you advise your clients? So it's actually really achievable. So we start out with a usually two sessions a week. So it's two sessions, two full body sessions. So we're hitting all of the main muscle groups. And we're doing that twice a week for 45 minutes session. So it's actually not hitting the gym for five days a week or absolutely destroying your body. It's just starting with those foundations and getting into a rhythm of two sessions a week. And what are you seeing your clients achieve over, is it over a couple of weeks or more over a couple of months? Do they start sort of seeing a difference? They start feeling a sense of achievement definitely in the first few weeks because they start to see themselves showing up and getting into that rhythm and starting to actually challenge the body. But they definitely start seeing those big you know, mindset changes after a few months and even coming into 12 months. Wow. And does that mean sort of like just stronger in themselves, can lift more? Stronger, more confident, just showing up with more 
presence. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And then do they see the shifts in weight over time? They do. Yeah. So one of the things that I don't really focus on weight on the scale, like I've already said, but the body composition changes will come with the practice. So the more time that you're in the practice, the more that you're actually focusing on what your body needs in terms of food and what the output is in terms of strength training and exercise, those body composition changes will come from that process. So I do give them a guide of overall energy in. So um, looking at macros, looking at what they're actually eating, making sure that they're making good food choices. And those body composition changes will happen in a gradual and in a healthy, sustainable way from that process. Awesome. So we talked about weight. What about energy? And I'm going to then step into anxiety, which is a massive passion of mine. But energy, what do they feel in terms of energy? Energy is a huge one because we've come from, a lot of us come from this training history, which I personally have been through as well, is wanting to weigh less, wanting to look better, wanting to, we call it feel good, but it's actually just wanting to see a lower number on the scale. And in terms of energy, it's really understanding how much food you need to eat to have the energy to be able to train in an optimum way. So if you're not actually fueling yourself properly, so if you don't actually have the energy going in to support the training, we're not going to see those changes because the body starts to resist any sort of change because you're not giving it enough to start with. Makes sense. So much sense. Mm -hmm. And sort of moving on to mental health, because I often say to patients, move for mental health rather than for weight loss. Often exercise is linked to that. And you only need to, as the research is saying, you only need to move five minutes to actually boost your serotonin. And then they go, oh, that's so achievable. What are you finding these days? Because I know many of my patients have sedentary jobs, highly functioning, high powered. It is a lot of desk work and sitting for long periods of time and then coming home and mm. then sleeping again. What are you finding in terms of mental health and movement? Yeah, so this is a huge one. This is something that is really important to me and one of the reasons that I really got into training and coaching people in the way that I do coach them. And it's interesting that you say that people need to move for five minutes a day. And there's this thing that stuck in my mind. It was I think it was from my psychologist that I was seeing years and years ago, and it was before I really understood resistance training, before I had a training practice. But it was, you just need to jump rope for three minutes. Like if you're feeling anxious, you just need to actually get your body in motion. And you don't have to get yourself to the gym. You don't have to go for a run. You just need to start moving. And what's the most accessible thing that you can do to get your body in motion? Jump on the spot. I'm so glad you said that because... I think I was reading again another book and it was literally how someone managed her anxiety, which literally every time she felt anxious, she started moving and pretty much did exactly what you said. She actually, she used a skipping rope and was just skipping. Yeah. And it's so simple. It is so simple. What do you think is a barrier to actually start that when you are feeling anxious or feeling a bit low to actually move? Yeah. It's that barrier of thinking, I need to go to the gym five days a week. Oh, it won't make any difference if I just do two minutes. And I say to people, like, when they're trying to understand, because I teach people how to understand whether they need to take a rest day, whether they actually have earned a rest day or a recovery day from their training. And one of those things is check in with yourself and see where your actual energy is. And you can't do that by sitting on the couch. You can't just sit there and think, like, oh, 
do I have energy? You actually need to get your body moving to understand where the energy is. So I just say to people, just do your warm up. It's usually two to three little kind of dynamic stretches just to get the body in motion. And then you're allowed to say, actually, I'm not feeling good. It doesn't feel like a training day today. And that's fine. I like that you say that because it is about listening to the body and Mm. respecting it as Mm -hmm. well. Absolutely, 100%. And what have you noticed in terms of mood over time? Do you feel patients start feeling better? Do they recognize the relationship between exercise and mood? Yeah, this is the really cool thing as a coach. So I just get these little snippets of stories. It's not people coming and saying, like, I feel so much better from training. It's, oh, I was at work the other day and I came across a challenging conversation or confrontation with a, I don't know, a client or a co-worker or something. And it's just how they presented themselves or how they were able to stop and notice what's happening in their body and they sort of were standing prouder or they were standing tall and they were just more confident in themselves. And that comes from having a consistent training practice and actually being able to physically be strong and it transfers over into your mental strength as well. I love that. Absolutely love that. That's amazing. I, thank you so much for your time today, Rachel. If there was anything that you would love to share to the world about exercise, what would that be? This is going to sound so cliche, but just start. Like it's just, even if it's just going for a walk around the block, it's just starting to build a rhythm and starting to do something consistently. It doesn't have to be jumping into the gym twice a week. It can just be walking around the block every lunchtime or something like that. Just get some movement in. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much for your time, Rachel. And before we let you go, where can people find you? Yeah, so my gym is based in Collingwood, but it's a private studio. So you can contact me either through my website, which is curatepersonaltraining.com or through my Instagram, which is curate.pt. Curate is C-U-R-A-T-E. And that comes from my background in art curating. Oh, wow. So swimming and art curating. A little creative link there. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Rachel. It was so enjoyable and it's going to help so many people. I feel like walking now. <laughs> I feel yes. like getting up from this podcast and going for a good walk. Thank you so Amazing. much. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Shamin. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit the Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress, re-energize and reclaim your health. Enjoy the journey.